This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to the SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Stony Brewing, the official brew of Steeler Nation. Want to try a great lager? Crack a Stoney's. Pure, honest beer. I'm your host, G Stryker, and with us is our head of player personnel, Brad Lambert. Brad, what an absolute debacle it was last game, both on the field, defensively, giving up a big lead, officiating. Take your pick. Yeah, man, that was uh, disappointing. Really felt, uh, it felt like the Carolina game, you know, but the, the scoreboard certainly didn't reflect that halfway through the game and certainly at the end. There were a lot of bad bounces that game, starting off first touchdown of the game for San Diego. I don't know, I mean, I'm sitting at the game, section 228, probably, you know, a good solid... 80 yards from the, that play, but even where I am and the entire stadium could see their right tackle stand up before the ball was snapped. I don't know how apparent Everybody it was. Everybody saw that. It had to be as apparent in the stadium as it was on TV, which would even be more apparent. It's probably... Oh, it was, it was, what? It was bad. It, 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 to me, it's the most egregious offside I've never seen called, or I've ever seen that yeah. was not called. So... I don't know how not only the line judge missed it, but the, any of the umpires or refs on the field, how they could have missed it because it was clearly a stand-up before the snap. I mean, I don't want to delay the the speed and pace of the, the game, but yeah. I feel when something like that happens, you should be able to challenge the call. You should. Meaning... You know, won a game, mm-hmm. and if you win the challenge, you should be awarded a second call challenge. You know, challenging calls, not three challenges a game, yeah. but one challenge a game. Mm-hmm. If you win the challenge, you're awarded a second one. Yeah. So I think that would give the game uh, that false start was so blatantly obvious. Millions of people saw it, both in the stadium and at home. I was just saying the NFL should look into giving teams one challenge a game for a specific call on the field. Gotcha. Um, you know, for a penalty or a missed penalty in that regard. And if the team wins, they're awarded another missed call or incorrect call, you know, challenge. Yeah. And I think that gives the NFL the opportunity to not be a joke yeah. because right now, The Steelers lost the game based on, you know, a horribly missed call in the beginning of the game on the first touchdown, which changed the momentum of the game. Mm. And then at the end of the game, 
the long snapper twitching. Simulating right? snap twice, rolling the ball. Yeah. Yep. And and Joe Hayden not being offside and us blocking the kick. Yeah. So, you know, we still very much could have lost the game, mm-hmm. but those are all things that add up, especially that first touchdown, which changed the entire momentum of the game. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, tough. And it's I tough. I, I mean, I don't know the answer to that either, man, Brad, because I know once you start getting into the slippery slope of, you know, going inside of referees' calls, no matter how egregious they are, I mean, that one definitely being egregious, I mean, something has to be done. The worst part of it for me isn't not the ability to um, to challenge those plays. The worst part of me is the NFL never having any accountability for referees that yeah. are blowing those types of plays. Yeah. I mean, and it's the the borderline plays, yeah, you know, if it's a twitch or a beat or a half beat, like, like – those you can see they can kind of slide you understand hey we're all human you can miss something there but when it's egregious the guy's standing up a full beat before the ball snapped i mean you can't miss that that's and like i said i've never seen that not called as a football fan and and you can tell like it looked like the whole defense stopped playing like oh it's offside and no the the guy ran right by him and (laughs) easy touchdown pitching pitch and catch so my 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 main issue here mm-hmm. is the fact that you know you just said accountability by yeah. the NFL. Yeah. But more so of just like, you know, the Steelers now lost, you know, two games in a row and there have been several games in the last few years where after the fact the NFL's like, yeah, we made the wrong call, sorry. Yeah. You know, like look no further than the New England Patriots game. Yeah. Last year. Yeah. You know, which changed seeding in the playoffs. Yep. Which could potentially have us in the Super Bowl going for our seventh. Yep. You know, it's it just like, I, I just don't like that in the fact that they just don't seem to care, you know. And there's, you know, now the team's in the position they're in because of horribly blown calls. Yeah. So, I mean, no excuses. We lost the game. It happened. But when you're missing calls like that, you just can't. I mean, you're beating the the Chargers and the referees at that point. So, it's just, yeah, let's not dwell on it. But that's just, like, unfortunate. It is. Let's put it that way. It is. And to me, though, even with all the blown calls, you know, the Steelers are still fairly in control of that game until the second touchdown for the San Diego Chargers. And what you had in that instance was good pressure by a blitzing Hilton coming in off the edge, forcing yeah. Rivers to throw a little earlier than he wanted, and Hayden jumping the route perfectly for what looked like was going to be a, an easy interception in the end zone. Yep. Yep. Uh, Keenan Allen standing behind him a good solid two, three feet knowing that the play is over, but unfortunately he gets hit by Sean Davis, who's got his head down looking for the football, didn't see his teammate, completely knocked out Joe Hayden, knocked the ball straight up into the air long enough for Keenan Allen to make a heady dive and pick up a touchdown, which should have been a defended play at the least, at best an interception and changing possession yeah. of the game. And that's, that was a, a kind of a microcosm of the game to me. Uh, it, it was the, yeah. That was the big turning point. Steelers were up 23-7 to at that point. Now, bam, they got six points. They go for two. They're only down by one score. 
on a play that should have been defended. So yeah, those small aspects of the game, sometimes you can even have the correct defense, everything can work in your favor, and just a bad bounce can just ruin all the work that you put into that play to have a successful play. Um, and unfortunately, you know, uh, I killed him. Before that touchdown, I remember I was watching the game with a friend, and, uh, you know, I, I watched the body language of the players a lot. Yeah. You know, the, the, the attitude, um, kind of how they're carrying themselves. Mm-hmm. And at that point, we were up 23-7, to seven, mm-hmm. and the way the team was kind of handling themselves, you would have thought it was another 50-something to three game. Yeah. You know? And I looked at my buddy, and I was like, I just don't like the body language and the attitude of the players right now. Yeah. You know, th- this game is not as out of hand as the scoreboard reflects. Uh-huh. And, you know, you know, missed tackles and, you know, letting the other team catch the ball. They're laughing. They're kind of, you know, making a joke out of it, right? Gotcha. And I was just like, I don't like how this is going. Yeah. You know, I, I, this is before the touchdown. And when the touchdown okay. happened, yeah. instead of Sean Davis, you know, making a heady play and, and looking at Joe yeah. or knocking the ball down in the end zone or trying to make a play on the ball, he wants to knock out Keenan Allen. Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if it's a deep ball and that's your only option, like Ryan Clark used to do, yeah. okay. Mm. But in, in this league where they're going to call that hit 10 out of 10 times as a, you know, helmet to helmet or just it being overly aggressive, yeah. you're going to get a flag on it, right? Yeah. Why would you even attempt that play? You mm. know what I mean? Yeah. So that that's where I have a problem with that. I just look at it and I'm just like, you're trying to make a sexy play. You're trying to make a badass play instead of making the appropriate play. Yeah. You know, Tomlin always preaches about style points, right? Yeah. And he's like, style points don't matter, win the game. Yeah. And I, I just feel like this goes back to, you know, last week's game where I feel like the Steelers kind of have this attitude where. You know, sometimes they look at the scoreboard and they're if they're down and there's five minutes left, oh, no worries, we'll come back. We always come back. We're going to win. It's fine. Yeah. And and I don't know if that's a, a, a Tomlin problem where he needs to kind of be more aggressive mm. on, you know, how he's keeping these guys in check during the game. Yeah. But the Steelers had no business losing that game. Mm. None. I agree. They were in control. Mm-hmm. A few bad calls, yes. But if they buckle down and and really focus up and don't act like they're up 50 to nothing, yeah. no way L.A. gets back in that game. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a little bit more sense of urgency, like you're saying. And they, they still, offensively, they were still moving the football well. I guess the times that they – didn't move the football well. I mean, it, it seemed like they had Justin Hunter, unfortunately, getting hurt early in the game on that deep pass where he was wide open in the end zone and Ben threw it a little bit out in front of him. That ended yeah. up being a no score where we had a wide open receiver. Could have had uh, another touchdown there. Instead, no points on the board. Um, but yeah. still, I mean, Ben still had a decent game. 29 for 45, 281 yards, two touchdowns. Unfortunately, he had that interception as well. Uh, Antonio yeah. Brown finally came back, man. He was a monster last game. 
That was the yeah. Antonio Brown of old, 10 catches, 154 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he was all over the field, and he was undefendable again. And it was um, good to see that because he took – it looked like they wanted to take Juju Smith-Schuster out of the game. Uh, he got held down more to a, a, a respectable six catches for 49 yards, he, but he was doing the tough yards. He was moving the chains for us. And, um, you know, offensively, I, I, I can't have – I don't have any qualms too much about what I saw offensively from the game. I haven't gotten to see it on TV yet, though, so I don't know from your perspective um, how how they looked with moving the football. Or, or, but in the second half, they were definitely having troubles moving the football. Yeah, I mean, offensively, I thought Ben had a great game. Mm. I thought he was money again. He looked very calm, cool, collected. Mm. Um, and then towards the end of the game, we really lost our swagger. Yeah. On offense, I don't really know why. I feel like the line really started to break down towards the end of the game mm-hmm. and not give Ben the time he had early on in the game. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's because we got away from the run. I don't know if they got tired. I don't know if the Chargers, you know, turned it up. Yeah. But um, I just felt like Ben started to rush. Uh, in his delivery and his decision making, yeah. and that's kind of why the offense stalled out at the end of the game. Okay. But uh, but yeah, it's it, uh, more defensively. I think you know was the issue more more so on strategy and play calling. Mm-hmm. I mean, the biggest play of the games at the end of the game where you have John Bostick, who really didn't play at all last game, yeah. right? Yeah. And you have him one-on-one in the slot with their top receiver, Keenan Allen, yes. who's probably top 10 in the league. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And you have John Bostick, the only linebacker in the National Football League I would put on Keenan Allen is Ryan Shazier. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So the fact that they're just like, once again, I don't know if it's arrogance or whatever, mm. but – that should never happen. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. No. That makes no I I called it out before the play. I was like, "Oh god, John Bostick on Keenan Allen. Yep. I wonder where Philip Rivers is going to go." Yeah. And guess what? Keenan Allen made a little quick move inside, went outside, was wide open. Bostick was like 10 yards away from him because yep. he was juked out of his shoes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if Bostick's going to play one-on-one with Keenan Allen, he needs to get in his face at the line. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you're not going to cover him one-on-one with a five-yard cushion? No, you're not. No way. No. And, and earlier in the game, they were – actually, I got to see Marcus Allen play, and it was nice to see him I walking was, in to the game. I and, was literally about to say that. He got yeah. a lot of snaps, man. Yeah, he he was in the slot. He was on Antonio Gates. Yeah. And Gates, I, I don't believe that Antonio Gates caught a pass when Marcus Allen was covering him. I can't disagree with that. From where I was sitting in the stadium, I couldn't see. The only one I could see was the, the catch that he had for the two-point conversion against Artie Burns. That was the only Correct. catch I and, could see. And mm-hmm. I, looking at the defense coming out on the field, mm-hmm. I was looking for Marcus on the third and long plays. And that's pretty much when he came in, right? Yeah. yeah. Third and six, third and eight, third and ten. He was in the game, and man, just from a side standpoint, mm-hmm. Marcus is a big boy. Yeah. You know, very much Cam Chancellor-esque. Yeah. And I really hope he gets another helmet this week. Yeah. Because he looked really, really good. 
his physicality too. Yeah. He had one play where he came flying ten yards down the field, and the the guy he missed him. Yeah. But he got a piece of him enough to where yeah. it knocked him off balance. Mm. But if he would have connected with him, you're talking about a a, <laughs> a bang bang play. Yeah. Where that ball's probably coming out. Nice. I mean, he he's a force out there. And I, I really like the athleticism that he brings. Yeah. So I don't know if that was due to Sutton being out or what. Mm. But let's go back to the decision of John Bostic on Keenan Allen. Okay. Put Marcus Allen there. You have to. Have him get in his face. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's... You know, like to me that doesn't make any sense. But I, you know, whatever. And I saw Tomlin in his press conference or one of his interviews – stating one of the reasons why they lost the game was because they didn't have a couple of their sub-package players. They didn't have Sutton, and they didn't no. have Burnett. And to me, that sounded like an excuse. When you have next man up, Marcus Allen on the field, active for the game, that's the guy you're supposed to put on the field. So you're not complaining about Bostic not making a play because you're actually putting a position player in there that has the ability to a better chance of making a play than a John Bostic in that situation down a distance at the end of the game. Cause everybody in the stadium knew he's going to Keenan Allen. Everybody. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a discredit to the players on the field and the fans as a whole for not putting their team in the best position to try to make a play there. I agree. Yeah. It's uh, it's unfortunate, but once again, yes. I'm going to be really disappointed if Marcus doesn't get a helmet for the rest of the year. I don't care who's in or out. Mm -hmm. Burnett isn't it. He isn't. No, I, I agree with you he's there. He's not. Man. Yeah, he, I mean, so, he's, he's yeah, solid. He's a solid tackler, but he doesn't have the range, the speed, the size, or the ability to knock a ball out like a Marcus he, he just reminds me – he reminds me a lot of Mike Mitchell. You know, he's, yeah. he's a bit more uh, smart out there yeah. um, and not as overly aggressive. Yes. But – just from a size, speed, athleticism standpoint, yeah. I feel like he's very much Mike Mitchell, you know. So early, so you're saying like yeah. early Mike Mitchell as opposed to Mike Mitchell last year that couldn't make a play, right? You're talking about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically. Well, whether you're athletic Mike Mitchell at his best, and yes, can't make and... a play or not athletic and can't make a play, you're not making plays, so you shouldn't be on the field. That is true. That is definitely true. Um, I know – Unfortunately, to add insult to injury with the loss in that game, a lot of injuries. A lot of injuries ended up. Yeah. Uh, we talked about earlier losing Justin Hunter on the deep pass. He's on injured reserve. It looked like a shoulder separation from the way he landed. And um, that's going to create a hole at the Z receiver position, which we, you know, we have Washington available to come in and be active. He was inactive that week. Steelers seem to be going back and forth trying to find a fit to somebody making a play at the Z receiver. Now yeah. it's going to have to be Washington. Um, you had Good. Gilbert, Burnett already missing the game. They were out. Bud Dupree looked like early in the week he was a questionable. He ended up playing. He ended up starting. He got a lot of play. He did pretty well. Um, unfortunately, we lost James Conner with that ankle injury. That's yeah, probably the, the most impactful injury on the team, obviously, from that game because he's not going to go this week. That's already come out. Yep. Uh, one good thing about it, though, is I do like Jalen Samuels. Jalen looked really well coming in, had a nice uh, drag route across the field, 
and a great speed to get to the corner, to get to the edge, to get to the pylon for his touchdown. And that's what he brings. He's more of a a Lindsay-type running back than a, than a strong running back. He's going to beat you with, with moves and speed. And he's, he's a receiver. I mean, it's amazing to me that the Steelers have really transformed Jalen Samuels into a running back. And when he was drafted, I checked out his snaps in college. He took, we'll say, 80% of his snaps in the, sl in the slot. He was doing a lot of jet sweeps. He was doing a lot of quick drags, quick outs, slants. He was essentially a slot receiver, and I, I was thinking, oh, wow, great. Steelers are drafting a slot receiver. We know Eli's hurt. We're not sure about Marcus Tucker at that time. Uh, we didn't have Switzer at all at that time. We just had Juju. We needed another slot. And I thought, hey, this guy's going to yeah. come in and be a slot receiver. But Steelers kept him in the running back room. He's been working hard at running back, and he's, he is the number two running back now. Uh, he did supplant yep. Ridley. He looks great with the ball in his hands. He's got – he, he's good at covering up the football too in traffic, and he was always good at that as both as a wildcat. He was their wildcat quarterback also in college. He come in on the goal line situations, and whether they're two yards out or eight yards out, he was finding a way to get into that end zone if you watch his highlights. So that's I think what the Steelers really saw about making him a running back, and I'm really looking forward to see what he's going to do as a starter, and hopefully Randy Feekner can utilize his talents to more of a receiver ability too out of the backfield, more so even than Connor, who Connor's a good receiver out of the backfield. I think Jalen Samuels can be a great receiver out of the backfield. Um, yeah, I mean, coming out of the draft, um, I had a few conversations with people who were in uh, the business, uh, specifically agents, and uh, they said he reminded a lot of people of Charles Clay, um, who we know from a few years back. Yeah. Like a running back tight end hybrid. Yes. You know. Yeah. And that's, and, and that's Charles, kind of Did Charles Clay, did he play for the Browns? Um no, Charles Clay played for the Dolphins and Bills. Gotcha. 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 So, very very athletic tight mm -hmm. end, great hands obviously. Yeah. Um but very much a hybrid type right. player. So, yeah. um yeah, I mean I um he's a big boy. Uh, very physical and great hands and very athletic. So I'm excited. Um, this is a great opportunity, especially with the fact that we know that a certain someone is not coming back ever. Yeah. So um, I think it's good. Give the guy some carries. Let him have the opportunity to really get more comfortable in the offense. Yeah. And then, you know, hopefully this helps for the rest of the season and going into next year. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, our other slot receiver, Ryan Switzer, he had a, he went into concussion protocol from that big hit. And so it's we've still got to see if he's going to practice and if he can clear protocol this week. Hopefully he does. I know he's a tough guy, but he's taken two big hits in two straight weeks. So, um, you know, it, it can be head hits can compound from week to week if you don't have time to rest and recuperate from those types of hits. So I'm hoping the I best. I got to say this. Yeah. I really appreciate his toughness. I do too. My man, I do too. He he is, you know, I'm not going to call him a Heinz Ward type player, mm -hmm. but for a small slot guy, he is tough. He is. You know, he doesn't stay down, and I give him a ton of credit for that. And he's not afraid to take that hit in the middle. He knows the linebacker's nope. coming. He's he's going to get that ball, and he wants it. And um, that's something I know that Steeler fans do appreciate. So speedy recovery Absolutely. for Ryan, because I love watching him on the field. Um, 
You also had a couple minor injuries in the game. We had uh, the long snapper, Cameron Canaday, uh, hurt his knee, it looked like. I, from my position, I could watch him go into the blue tent. They were checking him out. And he did come back. He was snapping on the sideline then with Barry and did come back in the game and finish the game. So hopefully it's not an, an important injury for him. Same with Anthony Chiquillo. Um, evidently he had an ankle tweak that Tomlin mentioned. I don't remember seeing him getting worked on in the sidelines, but he was mentioned. But I, I don't anticipate him losing any time moving forward. So now we're coming back to your side of the country, to California. I know we're gonna, they're going to be playing in Oakland, a little bit farther north of you from L.A., but um, yep. it's the black hole is a tough place for the Steelers to play, no matter how bad they are. And uh, <laughs> I remember <laughs> in recent history, uh, I remember Ben's first game there. My gosh, I think he threw like four interceptions, and they lost yeah, to a that team was, uh, that was a terrible. Not team. good. Yeah, 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 so, not good. So I, I'm I'm hoping for better fortunes, especially after the first two games or the the last two games we just played, and the last two games in Oakland. What do you see in the matchups this week? I mean, Oakland's not a good football team. No. But they are still a professional football team. Mm -hmm. So if the Steelers go in there with the attitude we've discussed, um, (laughs) it could get ugly. Yeah. Um, So they played a good game against Kansas City. Mm -hmm. Uh, They only lost by seven. But I do think that Kansas City is is uh, kind of uh, walking wounded right now with the loss of Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Um, they're still trying to find their identity, so I'm not going to go and say that you know the Raiders are a good team by any means, but yeah. I'm also going to say Kansas City is not what they were. Yeah. So, um, Oakland, I mean, they just don't have a lot of really anything. You know, I think their biggest weapon on offense is Jared Cook. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, Jordy Nelson, very, you know, not much of a threat anymore, but he's a veteran receiver, Yeah. really great hands. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's really it. You yeah. know, from a rushing standpoint, Doug Martin, mm. Jalen Richard, like this, this team is just not scary at all. And you're forgetting Derek, Derek Carr. You're forgetting former Steeler Martavis Bryant. Like I said, they're not scary at all. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it just—they're it, just not. They, they don't have anybody on the on the stat sheet that I'm like, oh my gosh, really concerned about this person. You know, and defensively, you know, Reggie Nelson's there. So obviously, we know he's a good kryptonite for Ben. Yeah. has always played well against him. Unfortun- but other than that, that's about it. Yeah, unfortunately, Khalil Mack is not there. So they, yeah, they decided you, to trade their best player away. <laughs> and I, I'll tell you one thing, too, Brad. This is – I never thought I'd say this back when the trade happened, but I actually wish the Steelers still had Martavis Bryant. With the production they've been getting out of the Z this year, it's it's just been a real tough transition that we haven't had that outside receiver stretch the field even once in a game this year for them. And it, here's an interesting thing that just popped up on the wire. And, and I don't know why this also happens every year. It seems like in December, talented players get dumped from rosters for, you know, 
reasons. Either they don't get along with the coach or they locker room issues, but definitely not on the field issues. But now you have a six foot five receiver, Calvin Benjamin, that was just jettisoned by the Buffalo Bills yesterday. Yeah, the, the guy's an the guy's a Z. He is the Z in every possible means that Ben Roethlisberger loves throwing to a tall, rangy, combative receiver. And I I know for a fact too. A lot of people are stating, you know, Calvin Benjamin was is a locker room cancer, and there's no question about it. He was unhappy with the situation when he went to Buffalo. When the injuries happened with the quarterbacks, he had nobody throwing him the ball, and unfortunately he doesn't have the mental toughness to still try to make a play every play, and he kind of gave yeah. up on the season. He's been walking through the season. Even saying that, if you put him on a team with a good quarterback that can throw him open – you can see that guy's complete attitude change and actually go out to be the combative catcher that he was both in college and in Carolina when he had a 1,000-yard season and followed it up by a 900-yard season, coach catching seven and nine touchdowns in those, those years. I mean, the guy is a threat, and that is a threat that the Steelers just do not have on offense, and that is a threat that could change the offense to even making Juju an A-B more of a more of an impact in those games just by having someone that you have to take accountability for on the other side because right now the rest of the league is doing a great job of defending the z receiver with their worst corner and one-on-one and they haven't had to change that philosophy in any game this year have you heard anything about uh, what's your input on calvin benjamin at least or what are your thoughts on that i would not come at him with a 10-foot pole. Okay. And you're, what are your, yeah. what don't you like about him? I don't like his attitude. Yeah. You know, he, you mentioned it earlier. He's been known as a cancer in the locker room. Yeah. We have enough problems right now. Mm. We don't need another Le'Veon Bell type player in the locker room, mm. especially one that isn't going to really move the needle. Um, if he comes here, he's going to go from a one receiver to a two receiver to a three receiver. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for a guy who thinks he's, you know, God's gift to receiving, that's not going to sit well. And, you know, he's not an old player, but he's not a young player either. Yeah. So I I am totally, huh? Fifth or sixth year right now. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, if I if we sign Calvin Benjamin, mm-hmm. I put him on the practice squad. Oh, that's right. He's like, it, this it's is, his, yep, it's his fifth year. He's on his fifth year option. Yeah, this is a guy I, I would not go at at all. But you got a guy like James Washington that's so quiet, mm-hmm. doesn't open his mouth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and he's so talented. He's he's we saw it in the preseason. Yeah, he did. He we was getting open it, everywhere in the okay? preseason. Yeah. We haven't seen it in the regular season yet. But we saw it in the preseason, which is better than most cases, right, where we haven't seen anything at all. Give the kid – we may not see it this year. But guess what? If he's on the bench, you certainly won't see it. So put him on the field. Give him a shot. I'm not ready to give up on him yet. I think he's a stud. I think he just needs to find his swagger and his groove and his confidence. So – yeah, I'm, I'm not interested in Kelvin Benjamin. I don't like his attitude, and we certainly don't need drama. And I hear you, too, on Washington. I'm on the other side with him because I'm so into receivers. Um, with 
My only problem with Washington is not only his own personal confidence going to the game, but it seems like the team has started losing some confidence in him as well. It's the reason why he's been inactive now for the second time, and they gave Hunter another chance. They're not, they're not confident that he's able to be the guy to make that play, and that's why I think the Steelers need to find somebody that can make that play. There's, there's nobody else on the waiver wire, obviously. Steelers lost their chances at anybody else, but earlier in the season, you were, we were all expecting James Washington to really separate. So we're in, yeah. in week 14 right now, and I would have already expected some type, just any type of playmaking from Washington, especially with the amount of snaps he's gotten. I mean, he's he's only at 77 yards, still at 77 yards with five catches. or seven. No, it's actually more catches than that. Um, but he's only averaging six yards a catch. And actually, yeah. actually, no, I was, I, I'm wrong. The 77 yards is the combined production that they've gotten from both Washington and Hunter this season out of the Z receiver spot. And that's just – that's the lowest I've ever seen for the Steelers having a third receiver, outside receiver, ever. I mean, you, you don't get that type of production, that type of low production in four games, let alone 13 games so far. So, well, here's my thing, though. Mm-hmm. We don't need a third receiver when you have Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I think those stats are kind of skewed. Okay. Because it's not like we don't have weapons and we need the production of a you know third-string guy. Yeah. And that's a good point, too. So, But they're, they're still getting targets, though, too. And they're oh, taking sure. the he targets has, away from... He hasn't made really any play. No, no. And neither is Hunter. Yeah. To, to his respect as well, so... Oh, for sure. And I, I don't disagree with you whatsoever, but yeah. my thing is, like, I if, if we're going to say, who do you want on the field, Kelvin Benjamin mm-hmm. or a rookie stud that hasn't hit his potential yet, give the rookie more snaps to get his groove. Yeah, and that's that's just where I disagree. I, I'd, I'd want to see Kelvin Benjamin, who has had success in the league, to try to make a play and, and further round out that offense just for this year. I mean, moving forward, I, I'm only signing him as a hired gun for the end of the year. That, I mean, I, I don't want yeah. this guy to be a, a full-time Pittsburgh Steeler at all, but if you can spend $2 million to have a, a, a guy of that caliber help round out your offense for a playoff run, I'm all for trying to make a move, especially when you just lost another Z receiver this week. So it's, it's you know, we can agree to disagree, obviously, on that, but, it, but it's um, – I'm always for the Steelers trying to make the moves to make themselves better uh, in any move that they can. And fortunately right now, or unfortunately, as, as you'll say it, Kelvin Benjamin's on the wire. So we'll have to see if, if they make a wire claim today. Today is the day that all teams get to put in a wire claim and see if he gets picked up. But uh, it could be And you know what? Point. I also wouldn't be surprised if uh, they pick up Damon Patterson again. Oh, yeah? Is Patterson you know, available? He, I believe so. Oh, he went to was he, he New went England? To Tampa, got released. Yeah, and I believe he went to New England, and yeah. I think he got released. So, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he's still out there. Okay. And now, with like you mentioned, uh, Hunter's on IR. He's done. Yeah. That opens a spot, and the Steelers are notorious for bringing back guys that already are familiar with the system. Yeah. And they like that kid. Yeah, they you know? He was very much a, uh early AB-type player mm. in his career. And, uh, you know, with the way the things kind of went down, they had to let him go. Yeah. But I, I it, it, it just you know, became a numbers game. They didn't have enough 
Um, yeah. They had too many receivers that, that could play, that could do what he did. And, but he was also sure. a, a good returner, and you're right about that. I remember yep. he was brought in for his kick and punt returning abilities. Um, but so it's going to be interesting. Let's put it that way. Easily, easily. And there's a, there's another wide receiver that we haven't talked about yet that's still working his way back that is also still an option, and that's Eli Rogers. He's in his second yep. week now of his 21-day uh, um, uh, roster yeah. exemption. So the Steelers could even just call up Eli Rogers. And, you know, Which I, they may. <laughs> I don't think he'd be helping him out on the outside as much. But that's when you got to get into a situation that, hey, maybe we're going to start making personnel moves. Maybe we'll just move Juju out to the outside and have Switzer and Eli come on the inside in the four wide receiver sets. Because you already have Juju pretty much playing the outside on two wide receiver sets. So, yeah. yeah. We, we, we can't make decisions based on, like, panic situations yeah. you know what i mean yeah like right now like moving juju who's on fire right now outside mm-hmm. that's not going to do anybody any good mm-hmm. you know well that, if that's, he, if he they've goes, already done that it, is what i'm saying they, they already do line him up in the, oh, Z sure. in the two wide receiver sets but, occasionally yeah, yeah, but, occasionally but, but you're right he does have that great threat and being like keenan allen like we saw from keenan allen lining up in the slot he's that big tall rangy fast receiver with excellent yep. hands that's just a matchup problem against yep. if you put him a linebacker on him he's making the catch if you put a a, a slot corner on him he's bigger than the slot corner he's going to box you out <laughs> so it's it's a real matchup problem and you're right about that that's that is something that you don't want to lose and i do agree with that i also wouldn't be mad like you mentioned eli rogers coming back yeah. i mean having him in switzer in the slot would would be just a nightmare situation for most defenses. So that was that's an interesting kind of uh, potential in the coming weeks. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to see how the how the Steelers treat their personnel here then moving forward. All right, Brad. Well, with the game coming up here in Oakland, how do you see this game transpiring? Do you have a score prediction? No, I'm, I'm not doing scores. Not doing scores. I, I'm going to say if the Steelers. Win the turnover battle, mm-hmm. we will win the game. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. And I think we win. I don't care if we win by one. Mm. A win, win is the a game. win. Yep, correct. Yeah. Style points don't matter. Throw them out the window. Yep. Win the game. You need numbers in the that's W column to make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm... that's it. Yeah. You know, we had a chance of getting a two seed. Now we're looking at a wild card spot. Yeah. So, like, come on, guys. Get it together. And the, the schedule isn't going to get any easier. Nope. So you've got to start winning the games you're supposed to. Yeah. Yep. Especially we got New England coming to town next week. You yep. can't go into, you know, versus New England with a three-game loss. Not you know, it. losing streak. It's just not going to be good. So I'm going to say that the Steelers win this game. Um and and I'll leave it at that. I'm with you. I'm I, I, I can't see them losing this game, especially with this the way they've lost their past two games, but you hit the nail on the head, Brad. It's it's turnovers. It's both the propensity for for the Steelers to give the ball away and and terrible moments of the game that are the most impactful, that where they have the drive, where they are taking control of the game. And also to pair that in with the defense, just not getting the ball back. I mean, Steelers are getting pressure. Steelers are getting sacks. But they're just not getting those turnovers on the back end to help out their offense. 
So when any time there's a turnover and you're not getting anything back from your defense, that compounds. And that's how you lose a turnover battle, and that's why they're in the minus on this season. So the only way I see this game as being close or a chance of losing is losing the turnover battle as well. But there has to be a significant loss of the turnover battle. It has to be like a minus three or a minus four for Oakland to have a chance of winning this game. And, man, yeah. I, I really hope that the, the Steelers are treating every single game right now like their playoffs because they're in it. And you said they're, they're going to be battling for the division title now against the Ravens because they have to stay ahead of them if they want to have at least have a home playoff game. But the way they're playing at home, I don't know if they want a home playoff game. They're playing great on the road this season. So hopefully that continues this week and they have another big game on the road. And I'm going to make a score pred prediction just because I like to. I'm going to say Steelers, 20 Steelers 23, the black hole zero. It's going to be a big game for them. They're going to get back on the W Good. track, and it's time to get back to the playoff playoff talk as opposed to uh, are we going to make the playoff talk. Yeah, and the other thing I'll say is going into this game without James Conner, that's putting everything on Ben's shoulders, and I know he likes that. Yeah. But at the same time, this could present a lot of problems in the standpoint of getting away from the run game, Ben throwing 50 times, which obviously can turn into a high interception game. Yeah. Yep. So be smart. Don't yeah. abandon the run because Connor's out. Yeah. Give the ball to Samuels. Let's go and win the game. I mean, uh, we have just a way better team than the Oakland Raiders, especially on paper, in the standings, and just in general. So just go out there and play ball. But don't abandon portions of your, your game because certain players aren't playing. Agreed. Agreed, man. Hey, thanks a lot for the input, and thanks a lot for the conversation too today, Brad. I really appreciate it. For sure. And, you know, I'm going to take this back. I'm going to do one game ball. Okay, cool. And I'm going to give it to Ryan Shazier. Nice. Uh, it's been a year since one year anniversary injury. Yeah, yeah. In Cincinnati, and the doctors gave him a twenty percent chance to walk again. Wow! And he is jogging now. Wow! So this guy is the most mentally tough person I've ever known. Mm. Uh, he's an inspiration to me personally daily. Mm. I'm eternally grateful to call him a friend. And uh, you keep doing your thing, Rye. We believe in you. We should leave. Oh, Shay, leave. Oh, love that. Love that, man. Yeah. But yeah, man. He's 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 jogging. You know, he's. Nice. Uh, I, I don't know what that looks like. You know, so I don't think people should. You know, assume he's running four threes or anything like no, that. No, not at all. But yeah. once again, like twenty percent chance to walk, yeah. and a year later he's jogging. That's huge. I mean, you know, give the give this guy six more months. Who knows where he's going to be. But I, I just know he has an incredible support system around him mm. from his fiance Michelle yeah. to his his little boy Ryan Jr. Mm. to his best friends, his brothers, his mom and dad, everybody. Like he he's just it's hard not to root for this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh just game ball for sure to Ryan. He's just such a great guy and I love him to death. <laughs> here, here, man. Here, here. And can't wait to see how he keeps progressing, too, because he's one of my all-time favorite players. I loved watching him on the field. And and for him to, to do this and and still try to fight back and, and still have that dream of playing football again, I'd, I'd love to see him fulfill that dream. 
Hey, Steeler fans. I not only run the podcast, but I also write articles. Each week, I look inside the game to find hidden plays, see which play decided the game as the in my segment called As the Game Turns, and I also predict the inactive list each week. So come over to read all those articles and to join our awesome forum at www.steelernation.com. Thanks for joining us for the SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Stoney's Brewing. I'm G. Stryker with my friend Brad Lambert, as always, rooting along with you. Go Steelers!